Again, settling into the posture. Making any adjustments necessary. Acknowledging what's happening in this present moment. Where's your attention right now? And if the awareness isn't with the body, shifting it, redirecting the attention from the thinking mind to the direct sensory experience of this moment. The breath as it comes and goes. The posture of the body, contact with the cushion or chair, taking a moment to feel the elements, the solidity, the earth element of pressure, heaviness, of this body of flesh and bones. Feeling the air element. with each breath. Filling the lungs, oxygenating the blood. the liquid or water element experienced in the saliva. And in this fluidity of movement within the veins and arteries of this body, And bringing attention to the fire, the heat, the temperature and texture of the breath, of the palms resting in your lap, on your knees. and reflecting more deeply to 
all of the many parts of this body. From the skin and hair upon the surface, bringing attention, can you feel skin, hair? More deeply, to the many organs, heart and lungs, digestion, reproductive, all of the muscles, bones, this physical form. Reflecting on all of the changes your body's gone through over the years. The growth. I'm bringing attention to the truth that this body is deteriorating. growing older. And certainly will eventually cease. Death is certain for this body. Reflecting upon, being mindful of, physical impermanence. not getting lost in stories or fantasies or fears, bringing attention back to the direct experience of the body in this moment. And acknowledging impermanence, change, Opening the attention to all of the sense doors. Present time awareness of whatever experience, smelling, hearing, tasting, seeing, feeling, whatever draws your attention. Bringing mindfulness to whatever phenomena is predominant 
and experiencing it directly with bare attention, just seeing, just hearing, feeling. opening the instructions further this morning to the mind itself. Bringing attention to what's happening in your mind at this moment. Is it a plan or a judgment? A memory. Quality of emotion. Attempting to relax and broaden the attention so that the Mind has more space so that the thoughts float more freely within consciousness. A larger pasture. If you find yourself getting caught up in the contents, lost in the stories, simply relax, return to the breath, to the body. And again, open to experiencing the mind directly. Almost the quality of observing the thoughts as they arise and pass. Like bubbles. Each bubble having a new story. Or an old story. None of them last too long, replaced by the next and the next. Experiment with naming the thought, planning, 
remembering. Fear. with this full expansion of the instructions. There's no such thing as a distraction. Whatever calls for your attention, thoughts, emotions, sensations, to be met with awareness, friendliness, and investigating what you're paying attention to in this moment. Is this a pleasant or unpleasant experience? Moment by moment, relaxing into this investigative awareness. Moment by moment, letting go of the habits of reaction, of identification.
you thinking those thoughts? Or are they just arising? Is it just the mind doing what the mind does? Allowing consciousness and awareness to witness, to experience, and to receive this process. Acknowledging that some thoughts are pleasant, some are unpleasant, just as in the body sensations. Sometimes we're clinging craving and feeding the mind. Sometimes trying to push it away, change it. Moment by moment, letting go of control. Softening the physical reaction in the belly and the jaw. And moment by moment, allowing everything that arises to be received by the compassionate heart's natural, caring response. However deeply it may have been buried. being merciful, kind to this confused mind, uncomfortable body.
So we've decided to extend the retreat for a month, and <laughs> we've stolen all of your car keys, taken all of your Burning Man supplies. Any questions about any level of the practice? For myself, uh, I just sat in New York uh, a couple weeks ago with Joseph Goldstein. And he said something that really inspired me. He said, uh, the activity of emptiness is compassion. When you get down, all the way down... And there's nothing else. That's what's present. And that's what Noah spoke to last night. When he started talking about the Brahma Viharas and the good news. Personally, I feel like it's what my life is about and why I've come to practice. It shifts, of course. I came here to stop suffering. Right? But I think developing an ounce of compassion for ourselves is the most important thing we can do in our practice. Time after time I hear how hard we are with ourselves, with our judgments, our continual critique of how we're doing it. And to bring that home to me, myself, to bring some compassion and some kindness inwardly. If I were to say one thing about my practice, it would be that that's shifted. And I was explaining somebody uh, 
this morning that I, I try to <coughs> hold myself like I would a, my son or daughter. With that type of uh, gentleness of how I'm doing. Because in a lot of ways I do feel like a child. And in some ways it's just a trick because I know that I would be so kind to a child. And I don't think a lot of us have a lot of practice holding ourselves in that way. So I think compassion is what it's all about for me. You want to say anything more about that? I said a little bit last night about uh, kind of catching the judgments, the afflictive emotions, kind of three or four layers out. First there's the fear, and then there's the anger, and then there's the judgment, and then there's the... And it's kind of, you know, it's the snowballing emotional experience, right? And maybe catch it way out there in the beginning. Well, let me back up. The first thing for me when I started practicing is that I never even had the intention to be compassionate, right? That's the beginning place. It was never even on my list of things to do. (laughs) Never had been. So when I started, first there was kind of like getting my mind around, okay, all of this hatred, meeting myself with judgment and hatred, doesn't work. I can't beat myself into happiness. So first, kind of saying, like, well, maybe this non-judgmental, compassionate, maybe, you know, first getting the intention. And then once I had the intention, for me, it was like I would catch it like four or five layers removed. You know, the anger on top of the fear, on top of the judgment, on top of the I'm not worthy feeling. And then I'd catch it way out there. I'd be like, well, can I care about this for a moment? Can I be friendly to it? You know, and then slowly, I feel like I'm kind of a slow learner. Slowly, kind of, the layers, catching it sooner. First, you know, in the fourth or fifth judgment of judging myself for judging myself for being afraid. And then kind of slowly getting down over the years to the place of being able to meet that first or second core difficult emotion with kindness, with compassion. Um, And moving from the intellectual experience of it, of like, oh, I'm supposed to care care about this, right? Oh, I'm supposed to be, you know, getting the kind of Dharma superego. Hey, you're, you know, judging myself. Hey, you're supposed to be compassionate. You're not very compassionate, are you? To actually having the uh, experience, which is different than the thought. The actual physical, I feel like compassion is actually a physical experience for me. I feel it right now. This, and it, it almost feels a little bit like sadness. Uh, movement. The Buddha, actually, one of the translations of karuna, which means compassion, means a quivering of the heart. That kind of like 
movement, feeling it with care, with tenderness, with mercy. And so more and more, I feel like it's the natural response um, that had been buried under all of the judgment and fear and misidentification. And that as I've paid attention more and more over the years, it, it comes more naturally, more freely. It, the, uh, whatever Joseph said, the natural uh, activity. response, activity of emptiness. A famous teacher recently was quoted of having said that, um, you know, we need to be a little bit attached in order to have compassion. It's not my experience. I disagree, and I don't think it's what the Buddha was teaching. Although there's some Buddhist views that say, you know, attachment and compassion. I don't think you have to be clinging in order to care. I think that when we let go, Care is all that remains. I'm going to add one more thing to that. It's what's skillful, right, to care. If we could hate ourselves into changing, we'd all be enlightened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the only thing that works. How'd you call him? Please. Um, The mind is the rising of thoughts and emotions that come from nowhere and go into nothing. And we are to observe these arising and passing away. What then is observing? Only you can answer that. That's That's the question, right? And there's no answer. But that's the question. Continue to ask that question. And really directly for yourself experience the answer. Because any words we put on it aren't, aren't going to fit. Try. <laughs> no. <laughs> For all of us, I mean, this is our practice. That kind of investigation. Question it, investigate it. Look for yourself. What's experiencing it? Right behind you. Um, the part of the Dharma that I don't like is the sickness, old age. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me catch you there. Dharma translates as, as truth. The part of the truth I don't like. I 
take step with equanimity. And if you practice, you become kinder and gentler. Um, does it become easier um, as you're aging, let, you know, you lose your hearing or you become blind or cancer starts eating you up and, um, or watching that happen to other people that you love. And um, how can you still experience joy in your life after going through all that? You rather than us answer. Let's see if somebody in the room wants to. Cool. That's a great idea. So is there anybody in the room that would like to speak to that out of direct experience, not philosophy? Hmm. Working with sickness or with old age and coming through it with more equanimity or joy rather than us young, healthy Ruby, you want to say anything to that? She's right next to her. There's a hand up to her. Oh, is there a hand? Mm hmm Please. I think it makes you value life and you feel joy in that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make you necessarily accept the loss of loved ones easily. Mm -hmm. Like more preciousness. Yes. Yeah, sure. Do you want to speak to it at all? I don't mean to put you on the step on the spot, but it's okay. Yeah. I, I, I want to echo that. I think it, it makes me appreciate every moment more. Um, I don't like the wrinkles. And and I, I actually spent a lot of time looking at that. What's that about? What are the assumptions in there? Why don't I like the wrinkles? So that's, there's a lot of value in that for me. In, in examining exactly what's going on and what stuff's coming on. And it's knowing that I could lose someone at any moment. That really makes me connect with that person right in that moment. Suicide survivor. Mm -hmm. um, I got in touch with having gone there that I'm no longer afraid of death, and so I don't. Um, uh, I'm more in touch with getting to the living than the dying part. Mm -hmm. You know, so because that's what it was all about, really, for me, is that I was afraid to live. Mm -hmm. Tells me that, but um, I get more in touch with the now, you know, not when I'm going to be 65 or 
be by getting 65, but just like right here. And so I don't think about the fear of dying anymore. I just, it's going to happen. Um, so I, I, I'm more in now. Hmm. I don't look at the fear anymore. Last one, and we're actually, I'm sorry, we're out of time. Please. Yeah, um, I just know it um, as a young child, I used to get this, uh, I don't know if it was a feeling or whatever it was, that I knew or I could see that there, or I had this idea that there was an end to all this, and it was totally fearful. It was like instantaneous. And every once in a while, I get this now. I guess as I get older, I don't know. And uh, for me, if I could bring that back more, I think that would bring me into this, uh, yeah, this is really impermanent, because it's really heavy-duty stuff. And, and when I was a kid, I got it all the time. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, okay, it's all right, you know, because you're a kid, and you know, you're going to live 2,000 years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I got it like last week, and I go, ah, that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, that, that clinging to this, and, and it was really fearful. It's really fearful stuff, but to me, that's good stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what it's about. So that's, that's, you know, whatever that is, I don't know. Was this a little bit helpful to hear the other voices? It's a big, it's your practice, right? It's our practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.